Welcome to Inside Yorkshire with Susan, bringing you intriguing details about the lives of people here in Yorkshire. So, come on in and join us. In this week's episode, we're talking to the team from Ginger Tree. Now, Ginger Tree is now Ginger Tree Holistic Skin and Lifestyle Clinic. We're talking to Cathy Scott, who was interviewed in Series 1. She's a, an advanced holistic skin therapist, and what Cathy doesn't know about skin health is not really worth knowing. If you want to check out her first interview, this was in Episode 46 of Series 1 last April. Um, her depth of knowledge is just amazing. Now, within the team at Ginger Tree now, we have also Katie Violetti from Violetti Health. She works towards helping individuals restore balance. She uses a combination of complementary therapies uh, tailored to each individual. She's, she's qualified in visceral manipulation. If you want to know what that is, you're going to need to listen, as well as bioresonance testing and therapy. And the third member is Kate Airy from Nurtured Warrior. Kate specialises in health and wellness, in massage, functional Pilates and sustainable healthy nutrition and mild mindfulness. So listen in. They've, they've all got a lot to tell you. Today I'm at Ginger Tree talking again to Cathy, who we interviewed last year um, and just wanting to hear from you, Cathy, about... What is happening at the moment at Ginger Tree? There's been some new developments. Indeed, yes, Susan. Thank you very much for coming and welcome to Ginger Tree with its new name of Holistic Skin and Lifestyle Clinic. So I have been expanding the offering that I'm giving to my clients, not just from a um, a skin perspective, which is still my single passion. Therefore, that's what I'll be focusing on. But I've always taken a holistic approach to people's skin. But I'm working with two other people whose work specifically supports healthy skin. And that's Kate Airy from Nurtured Warrior and Katie Violetti from Violetti Health. And I know that you have spoken to both of them about what they're going to be bringing to Ginger Tree. But their, specific, their work specifically supports um, a holistic approach to life and well-being. And because of that, that in turn has a knock-on effect on the skin. So sometimes it can be underlying reasons why people have got skin problems. Maybe it's a food intolerance. Maybe it's an allergy to a particular ingredient in a product or something of that nature. Or they have very, very poor sleep because they're stressed um, and they're having difficulties managing their stress levels at work. You know, skin care and facials and the sorts of things that I do obviously can be beneficial from a de-stress point of view, but it's not about a strategy for how you can better manage your stress at work, for example, or how you can cut out a certain food group in your diet to improve your skin. And that's the sort of thing that Katie and Kate look at. So the three of us together are looking at health from slightly different angles and all of us can help 
um, improve the health of the skin. And this all came about really because um, I've always been very committed to holistics. I have a background in homeopathy, um, many different forms of massage, aromatherapy, reflexology. But um, I had an accident, as many people know, and that has limited my ability to do body massage, um, particularly the type of massage that is quite physically demanding on the therapist. And Kate Airy came in to help me while I was sort of completely um, unable to do that kind of work. And now I'm still limited. So Kate's continuing to do that. And I realised that uh, through reflecting on the accident and what it meant for me, that I really wanted to focus on skin. I absolutely adore the science of the skin. It's fascinating. It's complicated. Um, and it's a very precious organ that I think has been undervalued by many of us. We've just taken it for granted. And um, it's not about va vanity or the so-called lighter side of beauty. It really is about healthy skin. And, and a healthy skin is automatically a beautiful skin. So the um, the developments then, you've got the, um, it's not really a partnership as such, but you're all working no. out of the same clinic. Yes, you? so my, my business here at Ask Stables, which still is Ginger Tree, um, Kate and Katie will come and utilise the space um, on certain days or times, although we can be flexible um, and... Uh, they have access to the to the treatment room and they have their own client records. So everything is secure. Um, but yes, they're utilizing the space here. And for those of you that haven't been, one of the things that people find so beautiful about coming here is the actual location. So Ask Stables is between Richmond and Gilling West. It's on the on the Gilling West Road and it's set in the Zetland Estate. Um and it's called Ask. So you'll see a big sign saying Ask by the Stone Pillars. And it is, in fact, a stately home where the stables um, have been converted. They were converted in 2000 by Lord Robin Ronald Shea, specifically for businesses. And there are um, businesses that have been here since 2000. And there's some like me who've, I've now been here five years. It's beautifully managed. You come up the driveway, there's sheep, there's fields, there's a lake, plenty of parking. There's a lovely little Italian garden you can sit in. Um, and the facilities are just beautiful and it's incredibly peaceful. So people say to me that their, their de-stress, their well-being improves the minute they turn up the driveway. Yes, I would agree. And particularly this time of year with all the autumn colours that we've had, it really is quite spectacular, it isn't is. it? It is indeed. And very, very well looked after. Mm, definitely. So, as you say, you've been here five years now then. Mm, yes. yes, and that time has just gone whiz. Um, I've been Ginger Tree for 15 years um, and I started life really in the holistic. So massage, aromatherapy and reflexology was my base business. Um, I previously practiced as a homeopath. And then as time went on, I developed more onto the beauty side, which of course did include facials, but that would be the traditional, more manual facials that people are perhaps more used to. Um, and I did makeup and hair and um, just gradually expanded and expanded what I offered, but did find that I was much more interested in facials. And it got to the point that my business was probably 60-40, 60 massage 
and 40% facials. But then when I started to do my more advanced training in uh, skin science, skin consultation, investigative skin analysis, and um, what, what we call in the business core knowledge, um, the sort of more of the science behind um, the environment in which you treat skin. Plus, I also did a lot of advanced skin um, facial training. So that's the actual treatments I carried out where I'm using machinery. Again, this, this is non-invasive, no pain in, or anything like that involved. Um, I found that my interest was really lying in that area. And I was seeing such great results for people as well as for myself um, that I really wanted to share this with the world, really. And that's now become my number one mission. I know from the episode that we recorded in the first series earlier this year, was it this year or last year? I can't it was quite this remember. Year. This, this year, year yes. Yeah. Um, early this year, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, that uh, I understand how passionate you are about it. Yeah. And the information that you gave out on that episode, if anyone wants to check back and listen to it, I yeah. think that's that's good advice to take too. Oh, yeah, please do. Because I think once people understand... Um, that the skin is an organ, it is the largest organ of the body, they start to see it in a different way. And, and it's, it's a magical thing because it's so thin and yet so complicated. You think, well, how can, how can all of that be happening in such a small area of the, of the um, depth, actual depth of the skin? Um, and I suppose this is what um, maybe doctors or nurses or people specialising in certain types of tissue release um, they get very excited by what they can see and feel and how they know that they can help people. And, and I know that I can help people improve their skin health. I mean, obviously, you know, if there's an underlying deep medical condition that they're having to take, um, let's call very serious uh, medication, that will impact the skin. So there may be some limitation as to how good we can get the skin to be, but we can definitely improve it. And of course, the underlying um, concern with the skin is the issue of skin cancer. And I have recently had some training with an organizational organization called Masked, and they are supporting people like me and hairdressers and other therapists. We have a unique access to seeing people's bodies, particularly say backs or the back of your head or the top of your scalp. And we can perhaps help identify when somebody might be needing to go to the GP for something to be looked at, because sadly, skin cancer is on the increase. Um, unfortunately, we are becoming more aware of it, but it's um, not something that develops overnight. And often people see the changes when they're into their older years and um, maybe haven't been paying it as so much attention. Um, and so, you know, people like me can help. I had three clients last year, all three that I said should go to the doctor all three of them had basal cell carcinomas, which were dealt with and they've therefore been, you know, put to bed situation over. But it has also meant that they're more aware mm. of looking at, oh, check my arms, check my legs, etc. Um, and I've had three clients this year, uh, two of whom um, had did have skin cancer, one didn't. But as her doctor said, um, if you see anything sinister on the skin, anything that's changed, anything you're unsure about, go along, have it checked. There's no harm in doing that. 
Definitely, definitely. And it's not, as you say, always something that you you can be aware of yourself. No, no. And, you know, more and more people are living alone. Um, and some people may be embarrassed uh, to point something out or ask for somebody else to look at it. When you're a therapist, you do have that unique and confidential access. So you can help people um, just become that bit more aware. Mm, definitely. So I think really... Um, the new ginger tree setup is um, mm. is worth investigating for anyone who's not been here yet and we're not still, seen it. We're, I'm still doing sort of all the lovely, relaxy, pampery, um, chill out things that people sort of know me for. Uh, people also know me for my advanced facials like radio frequency and muscle lifting and um, environ galvanic and led light all these other non-invasive things but i'm like a bridge i'm pulling those two sides of skin treatment together which is why i feel happy with the phrase holistic skin clinic and kate and katie are really working on the lifestyle side definitely yes and um i'm just curious about some of the machinery that you have mm, here mm. would would you just give a little yes, bit of an, an yeah. explanation as to what you use and what it's for yeah so one of the things that because of the the breadth of um, machinery that is available one of the things I've done with my pricing and time organization is you pay exactly the same price you just pay for time which allows me to create completely bespoke treatments for people. And that means that treatment might alter from month to month. Um, it might be that we do so much of one thing for a certain time and then we move to something else. Um, and it's all driven by the needs of the client, the needs of the skin and how the client is feeling on the day. So because of that, it doesn't matter whether you feel that you need to have Radio frequency. Radio frequency works on generating heat deep down in the dermal layers tissue. And that heat causes like friction. Imagine um, the molecules are really working backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, getting generating heat, heat, heat. And that triggers collagen production. So it tightens the skin and helps to reduce fine lines. Um, and people can often see a change within one treatment and the thing with it is it's because it's a really gentle heat that's just being great uh, gradually applied to different areas of the face there's no discomfort and people find it really relaxing and nod off <laughs> casey which stands for computer aided cosmetic instrument is um all about muscle lifting so that's working on a different level. It's not specifically skin, it is the muscle. So muscles start to droop and sag as we age. And this is all about re-educating and reminding the muscle that it doesn't want to be down there going south, it wants to be up there back north where it used to be. <laughs> um, and that is not so much of, I wouldn't say it's a relaxing treatment, but people don't find it uncomfortable. I, however, can fall asleep and snore when I'm having a Casey treatment. And it was developed by a doctor specifically for people suffering with Bell's palsy when one side of the face uh, droops and becomes paralysed. Um, and, that, and that's its origins. Um, then we have a galvanic machine. Now, a galvanic current has been used in beauty for over 100 years. And that's all about 
creating micro-channels in the skin that allows um, well-crafted with molecular, um, correct molecular size of the ingredients in the serum to drop down those micro-channels into the dermis of the skin. So that's all about product penetration. And when those serums get down to the dermal layers of the skin, they directly affect the new skin cells that are developing and get them working better, which is why as the cells go, cycle turns over and those new skin cells come up to the surface, your surface skin cells start to look better. So that's what that's about. And the LED light machine, which is the white canopy shaped one, that is, um, LED is light emitting diode. It's not UV light. Um, again, it's been used in hospitals, particularly the red and the blue light for, um, say for things like psoriasis and eczema, um, when people have had extreme situations of those conditions. Red light is all about regeneration. So it helps to encourage collagen to reproduce. So cell regeneration, think red. Blue light is calming and it's also very good at killing bacteria. So you think of blue light if you think with people with congested skins, with acne skins, who have got highly red sensitized skin, that's where blue light comes in. I also have yellow and green light. Yellow is for skin immunity and green is for blood and vascular uh, conditions, say like a broken vein or something. Now, the yellow and the green, there isn't as much research as there is on the red and the blue. But if you look anywhere now on the internet about LED light, you're getting combinations of those skin uh, uh, LED lights as well. So there's a lot of work going on with that. The different colours represent different wavelengths. The blue light is very short, so it only reaches the surface of the skin. The red light is much deeper and reaches the dermal layer. So the different colour of light, different colours in light actually have um, a different effect on the skin? In LED, yes, because remember from the spectrum of light, now I am no physicist and I can see it in my head, but I'd have to go and reread it in order to talk about <laughs> it and make sense. Um, don't confuse the light spectrum with the different colour lights within LED. Okay, I am confused, but it doesn't matter. No. <laughs> we can cut, cut that cut, cut that bit out. Yes, because yes. I would, wouldn't mind talking about it, but I couldn't do it without rereading it. No, 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 that's fine, that's fine. Um, what was it I was going to ask you? You were talking about some, something. Oh, you were talking about serum into the getting serum into the lower levels of the skin mm. and helping towards the regeneration. How long does it take for skin to regenerate? I know there is, um, I have heard, I'm not the not really that knowledgeable about it, that all of us, our, our cells regenerate over a seven-year period. Is it something like that? Um, yes and no. Now, the skin has a very unique and special process. It's called apoptosis, which is basically cell death. And when you're younger, your skin cells, uh, from the bottom layer of your dermis to what you look at in the mirror, takes about 28 to 32 days to, to move 
think of it as a move, yeah, as a cycle moving up up the steps. Mm. So you have two layers of your dermis and five layers of your epidermis. So those seven steps, the skin cell, if you like, let's call it born down in the dermal layers, and then it moves up the steps. And that is a natural, planned, programmed process that the skin must go through. Now, as we age, that process slows down. And it slows down, leaving the skin duller, damaged skin cells hang around for longer. The skin might be a bit more grey, ashy. Basically, we don't have the glow Mm. that having fresh uh, cells um, give us when we're younger. Um, And people talk about the, the skin cells that you look at in the mirror as being dead, which yes, they are. But they are also biochemically quite active. They have a job to do. So it's not that, oh, they're dead, therefore we can disregard them or treat them harshly. They have an important role to play. And if we are too harsh in our treatment, then they stop doing their job and you start to get a cascade of problems further down into the epidermis and you might get breakouts or you might get sensitivity or redness or dryness um, or sore skin, cracked skin, um, because that very top layer is not being able to do its job. So everything about your skin is precious, whether regardless of what uh, position the skin cell is in its cycle. Mm. So when you get to our age and we're 60... (laughs) There or thereabouts. Then that that skin cell turnover has slowed down to fifty to sixty days. I'm surprised it's so short. Quite honestly, I thought it would take longer. No, it's a it is a it's the only the skin does this Mm. in terms of that constant recycle of cell in that time frame because it is programmed by the body to do that. It has to do that to remain healthy because the skin has. Lots of different functions, um, but its main function is protection. Mm. And therefore, to protect us, you know, those skin cells facing the outside world need to be in the right condition to do that. And the skin cells below it need to be plumped and cushioned, etc., in order to give us protection lower down. So think of if you bang your hand, uh, you hit your arm, your your skin is like a, a bit of a... Um, a ball at which, you know, I'm thinking like rubbery ball, mm. you know, that gives a bit of ping and springs back um, to protect the underlying organs and the deeper tissues, yes. um, which are even more precious um, to us. And for the organs that are not encased in bone, mm. like the brain, mm. um, which is encased in bone, our lungs have the rib cage around them. But, you know, other organs, they're quite close to the surface of the skin, like the kidneys, mm. um, and therefore the, the skin plays a very important protective role to our skeletal and organs, as well as protecting us from invasion by microbes from the outside world. And it also protects us from water loss. So people, very often if I say, well, your skin is very dry or very dehydrated, they'll say, oh, but I drink lots of water. Well, dehydrated skin is a loss of water, but dry skin is a loss of oil. Sebum, our natural skin oil. And I say, well, it's great that you're drinking water. That's very important for all your organs. But if your skin cells are not in very good condition, 
and your barrier functions on the top of your skin, those dead skin cells at the top, are not working properly, your skin can't hold on to water, so it evaporates out. Then combine that with I'm putting, turning up the central heating, mm. I'm sitting in front of the fire, um, I'm wearing a woolly scarf around my face every day, um, I'm out there in the wind, etc. All of those things impact and the skin will dehydrate more. So it protects us from water loss because we can't take water in really through the body because what would happen if we got in the bath? <laughs> Yes. You know, in the shower. So it is waterproof. Mm. Um, and the palms of our hands and the soles of our feet, that skin is different because one of the layers, the um, stratum lucidum, lucidum, is much more prevalent in those areas than it is in other parts of the body, which is why the palms and soles feel and look so different. Mm. Um, but that's really mm. a real cushioning mechanism. Mm. Um, so it's really important that our skin is seen in its much broader context rather than just oh, something we put a bit of makeup on in the morning. <laughs> yes, rather than a, a vanity issue, yeah. it's actually much more important than that, isn't yeah, it? it? Is. Yes, and it has an excretory function. Um, it, um, you know, we, we excrete sweat through it. Mm. Um, people who cannot sweat or don't sweat they can get, you know, health problems. Mm. People who have excess sweating, you know, that's another health problem. Um, so the skin is also, can read to you what else might be going on with your health. And I think if your health is suffering, the skin is probably one of the first, in probably the first place yes. it shows up. And that's because the body has a natural hierarchy of protection. So... If you've injured, so when I had my accident, I injured my many parts of me, but one was my spine. The body is going to send all its resources to those damaged tissues and bones. It is not going to worry about the skin flaking. No. Because what's more important? Mm. Um, your brain is more important to your existence than your skin. Mm. So in the hierarchy, and perhaps this is in a way why perhaps some people don't pay much attention to the skin your skin is you know compared to your brain not as important mm. but if we say well they are actually all important and you there's you don't have to make it complicated to look after your skin and for it to be healthy mm. definitely now then we um i understand with all of the changes here and everything else that's going on it's not only skin you've got all of the um the therapies that Kate and Katie are offering. A bit confusing with all of your surnames. Yes, it is. They're not your surnames, your Christian <laughs> yes. names. But um, there's plenty going on here for people to investigate. So they would look to your website. Yep, look to, to my website, gingertreebeauty.co.uk. Um, the information about the different people will be on there. It's not fully on there at the moment because some things are being updated on my website. But if in doubt, just email me, salon at gingertreebeauty.co.uk or give us a call 01748 889 350 and I'll be able to direct you because not only do I know Kate and Katie very well, I have also been a patient of theirs so I understand in quite a lot of depth what they do and I'll be able to help you decide what's best for you. 
Definitely. Okay, well, thank you very much, Cathy. Thank you, Susan. <laughs> and watch this space. Absolutely. There's a lot going on here. <laughs> now I'm talking to Kate Airy at uh, Ginger Tree. And uh, we're in a beautiful location with a lot going on outside, aren't we? We were just is, um, yeah. watching some of the um, machinery going past and hoping it wasn't going to be too noisy. Now, Kate is an holistic movement and massage therapist, and you're part of the whole setup here, Kate. Would you explain to me just what it is that you do? Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, yes, yeah, so I came on board to um, look at the movement side of things, the the massage uh, side of uh, the treatments that, are, that Kathy was offering, I've kind of taken them on board. And um, I offer a bespoke health and wellness service where we really encompass the four elements of health. And they are nutrition, mindful and meaningful movement, uh, how we manage our stress and changing our relationship with stress, and um, sleep and they're all really important aspects for our health and wellness so uh, the 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 main things I work through in the clinic are functional movement uh, and mindful pilates and sports massage and restorative massage so um like I said they're very bespoke to each individual and the sessions can combine the two Okay, can you explain to me then what mindful Pilates is as opposed to the Pilates class that you might go to at the local sports centre? So um, it's really about drawing awareness to um, our posture and our movement at a whole uh, whole new level, at a much deeper level. Um, so I talk a lot about how powerful our breath is and how that that really impacts um, our our movement and our posture and keeping our spine and pelvis safe as we move i re i do do some uh, guided relaxation at the end of every session um, which really helps us to uh, create clarity and calm through the mind and helps to unwind through the central nervous system um, and takes us into a deep sense of relaxation so it's all about that awareness of our posture and movement so how long would a session be then with you so the sessions um, can range between 45 minutes and an hour and we um, we, we do a, a, an assessment at the very first session just so that I am aware of any uh, health issues that are going on, any health conditions, um, and that so that I can tailor every session to um, that person's specific needs. Because I know, um, I, I know that going to a general class where there may be over twenty people there with an instructor at the front, if you're doing an exercise and movement class, um, it doesn't really take into account the various issues that people have. So yours is one to one very much bespoke yeah. to the individual and they can be secure in knowing that they're not going to be pushing their body in a direction it shouldn't be going. Yes, yes. Um, so for some people, it be, can be quite overwhelming to go to a big class, especially if they're not confident in how they move. Um, 
or if they've had previous injuries or they know they struggle with back pain, neck and shoulder pain. Um, it's, it's It can be quite off-putting to go to a big class. So mm. having the one-to-one session, even if we kind of make the, the overall goal is to be able to go to one of those classes, um, is the one-to-one classes are incredible at building that confidence and really building that awareness of how you can move at your how you can move most most efficiently um and fluently and with control um and incorporating the breath um and and you know allowing the body to feel strong and capable Yes, and I think the um, when you say using the breath as well, it's the sort of situation on occasions where you can be exercising and you're almost holding your breath while yeah, you're doing it, or yeah. you're breathing in when you should be breathing out, which is um, yes. yes, I have a little bit of experience of that myself, and it's not so straightforward, is it? It isn't, and it just takes with with everything to do with health and wellness and and everything in our lives. It takes practice. Hmm. We have to practice those good movement habits we have to practice um connecting the breath to our movement and our posture um it does it's you know it's that consistency and then when we we are aware of it we practice it we can then start to take it into our everyday life so when we we move through our everyday life, whether that's walking the dog, whether it's um, sitting down or getting out of a chair, whether it's loading the body through lifting things or what have you. Um, we we know that we're moving at our most in our most efficient way. So it's not just about that forty five minutes or that one hour. It's about transferring that into everyday life. Yes. And if you're not, I mean, breathing is something that we all take for granted, but if you're not doing it properly, then the impact I'm sure is, um, is quite phenomenal really. Yes. And the the thing with um, how we live our lives today, the cultural norm is that we are so busy and hectic, whether we believe that or we think we're, we are or, or we're not, that is the way we live these days and what we tend to find is that when we are a little bit stressed or hectic or worried or anxious then that affects our breath anyway mm. you know we start to breathe um a shallower breath we start to breathe through the chest and not really think about um the diaphragm and that that the lovely belly breaths where we just imagine we're filling the body with air and 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 really creating that full deep breath so within the sessions whether it's massage or whether it's movement um i i really emphasize the importance of the breath and we really go through educate i go through educating people on how to breathe well and how to again encompass that into their everyday life because it affects the amount of oxygen presumably that you that you're getting in and that will impact what you can do yes yeah huge it really Mm. is huge and i think stress management that must be part of it too is it it is yes yeah so um i like to give people strategies and tools to walk away with where they change their relationship with stress they're aware of how they cope with stress and what triggers their stress and strategies they can use to really bring their self back from that kind of reaction rather than a response. 
because the world is as we see it through our very own eyes and we can have control over how we react and respond to the things that happen in our lives because the reality is stress is one of the terms and conditions of life Mm. you know it's never gonna not be there so we just have to know how to handle it well and I understand there are different types of stress in that there can be actually good stress, which makes you do something that you wouldn't normally do. But then there's yeah. the all-encompassing fearful stress, which can restrict some people completely. Yes, yeah. So the the, the two things we can look at is the, 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 the good stress, which is the acute stress, which is kind of the, the short, sharp, it's there, it's... Uh, it's a job interview it's um speaking on a podcast (laughs) (laughs) it's it's those things that do Mm. push us out of our comfort zone and they're actually that kind of stress is actually really beneficial for us it helps us to grow and it's good for for us physically as well however it's the chronic stress which is the bad stress the stress that kind of chips away at us Mm. and is constantly there so if you can imagine um many many years ago if we were faced with a saber-toothed tiger we would go into the body would go into fight or flight mode so what would happen is all the the body's um systems that were not needed to escape to fight or flight would shut down and the blood flow would go to the areas that we we most needed it. So the immune system would temporarily be kind of dampened down, the digestive system, and we would be ready to fight or flight. And then as soon as we escape that danger, the body would go back into rest and digest mode. However, they say this, they, they say now we spend about 70% of our time in fight or flight mode. And it's not as extreme as that saber-toothed tiger, but it's we're, we're just on that that cusp, that cusp of fight or flight constantly. So then that puts forward challenges for our immune system, our digestive system. And, you know, we start to see a rise in chronic health problems. You know, how much has stress got to do with that? Mm. It, it's really interesting. And, you know, it's it really has made me shift my or or do some work on myself to change my perspective with stress and, you know, prioritize the things that are worth stressing over. Mm. Yeah. So it's so easy to be drawn into everything being scary and hectic and busy. And like my husband used to say, I would worry about I would worry if I didn't have anything to worry about. Mm. And, you know, that was a real eye-opener for me because is it worth it? Is it worth it? Yes, yes. I think um, deciding, well, it's not so easy for a lot of people. It's not so easy for many of us to decide what the most important things are. But sometimes when you're faced with something major, it can put all of the minor stresses completely into perspective, can't it? And you realise that they weren't that important after all. Yeah, and and you know, if you feel good physically and mentally and you take time for your self-care, mm. so I always say you can look after other people better if you are looking after yourself because a lot of people will put themselves to the bottom of their list and everything and everybody else comes before them. 
Um, which, do you know, is, is a really selfless thing to do. However, how much more can we do if we feel great, if we really prioritize our self-care? Um, and at that point then, we feel good physically and mentally. You know, we are, our body and our minds are healthy. And then those, we can really start to work on our personal development, our self levels of self-discovery um, and self-compassion. And we can stop being so hard on ourselves in a sense that those little things we forget to do or, you know, the, the little things that used to feel like big things, you know, we can really put a perspective on that. Definitely, definitely. And that resonates really highly the self-care side of it because you're quite right a lot of us don't really factor our own self-care into the equation at all do we we don't know and if you're not well or you're overstressed you get to the point where you can't actually give back you need to look after number one and a lot of people I would agree you're right you put yourself down to the bottom of the list but in fact you can't keep on like that forever can you no, and I'm I am like hundred percent guilty of that myself, mm. and it's only really since I set up my business three years ago that I've learned so much about what makes me tick, what um, I need to do to be at my ultimate best, um, and essentially what I need to do for me to give back to other people. And being part of um, the Ginger Tree clinic here I think the fact that um, you're all working together for a complete wellness for the individual so you you all complement one another completely with um, with the therapies that you're offering yes yeah they are all so interconnected so what what I do with um, so what me and Katie do with with kind of looking at creating that um that overall health that well health and wellness through through the nutrition movement stress and sleep on my side of things and then what Katie offers you know they all have an impact on on our skin which essentially is is what Kathy is incredibly good at you know it's her passion um she is completely she's so knowledgeable about it you know um we are we've put together like the gold standard services for health and wellness. I, I genuinely believe that w- what we all offer is so interconnected and creates a really well-rounded and beautiful package. Yes, and I think if you get... Um, you can go to different places and just have and have one, one problem sorted out. But here, I have the feeling, having been talking to you, I've spoken to Cathy before, um, that really... It's very much the whole the whole treatment here, and um, I think it's a really good step forward for Ginger Tree. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it's exciting times. Um, I am going to be so in 2020. I'm going to be running some workshops here, huh. and they again they are encompassing the four elements of health: so nutrition, movement, sleep, and how we manage our stress. So I, I run the most beautiful de-stress and mindfulness workshop, which has um, been very popular 
at the back end of this year for the two workshops that I've run. Um, But 2020 is going to be even bigger and better. Uh, I also have a menopause workshop that I'm going to be starting um, because I think it's a subject that we don't really like to talk about. And, you know, if we can really take take ownership of our health and control the controllables and through each life stage you know we can feel amazing and we can really nurture our health yes yes it's um it's something that um i'm well I'm of a much older age group so maybe that side of it would be good for me how do you the workshops, how what sort of numbers are there? They're, so they're small group, so they're between eight and ten, depending on on the workshop that's being run. Mm. Um, and the reason they they are small groups is that I feel people can get so much more from a small group workshop. So when it comes to the people who are maybe a little bit more reserved in kind of speaking up and putting forward the reason why they are there um you know in a big group they get completely drowned out and Mm. it's very easy then to take a step back and not fully engage because there's such a big group of people because the workshops are interactive they're about discussion and really um people walking away with the tools and strategies but also the knowledge that they've come to the workshop for so it can be so so much more bespoke when it's a small group also i think um the awareness that the particular workshop that you go to the awareness that in fact you're not the only one suffering these problems that in fact there are so many of us out there with different issues and i think that must be supportive too yes yeah it's um I, I like the way i like to describe it is it's part of the shared human experience mm. when we bringing people together to do a workshop it brings about a sense of connection and community and sometimes we can feel so isolated when we when we're having health complications um when things are not going so well in our lives or you know if we're it, well, well, if we're struggling with physical or mental health problems, you know, it's or even just a, the the emotional side of things, you know, when we feel guilty because we've forgotten to do something. Um, for me, I've got two little boys and it's very easy. I run a business. Um, I've got a husband. We've got a dog. It's very easy for things to spiral and, you know, for me to forget that it's own clothes day or, you know, the, those kind of <laughs> things. And it's really easy to feel guilty or, you know, you forget a friend's birthday. And, and, and you know, all these emotions and these thoughts and um, the physical and mental health and wellness side of things, they're all, they're all part of the human experience. To bring that all together so people don't feel alone or isolated mm. is really incredible. And that could be quite a danger because we're a very rural um, a rural situation here, aren't we? So I think sometimes it that can be more isolating. Although in um, 
this sort of area, good neighbours seem to abound rather than in the centre of a city where sometimes you don't know who your neighbour is. So it can be, it can go one way or the other, can't it? Yes, yes. And I think it's really important that, you know, we we have a bit of, or we provide that, the workshops provide that little bit of a sense of community. You're right, though, in a sense that round here, so we lived in Warrington for, I lived in Warrington for 23 years before I moved over to North Yorkshire. And I love it. Warrington was really busy and and pretty hectic. And I'm a little bit of a country bumpkin at heart. Mm. I came, we moved across here. I brought my horse with me and I loved that. However, when we first moved here and I didn't know anybody, it was quite isolating. Um, so it is, we, we know a lot of people in the village now because we live in a small village and people are really great at stopping and talking so yeah it is swings and roundabouts really there's there's the the pros and cons to rural versus um urban when it comes to every aspect of Mm. of life isn't there Um, but yes just bringing people together is and and allowing people to realize it's okay to talk about these things to show that element of vulnerability that we don't have to hold our thoughts in whether it comes to our physical or mental health you know we can we can talk we can we can put it forward and help other people realize that you know it is part of that shared human experience we Mm. all go through it can I just ask do you get a mix of of genders so I I when it comes to -to one-to-one stuff yes Mm. I do um when it comes to the workshops, it's mainly women. Yes. However, it is open to men and women. Um, I run a mindful Pilates class. Um, or I run a few. Mm. Um, and I actually set up a men's class because I found that they I had inquiries about the classes from men, but then they wouldn't come to a class that was mm. predominantly women. Mm. I'd like to try and close that gap down. Um, I would like to provide services where men will come along as well, because I think it's really important. Um, men, gener- I'm generalising here, but they don't find it quite so easy to discuss how they're feeling, do they? No, no. And, you know, it's when it, when it came to the Mindful Pilates um, class, I was really shocked in a sense. The first class that I ever ran, it was, you know, there was lots of guys there and most of them said they were really nervous about going to the class because they just didn't know what to expect. And the retention of that class is incredible. You know, they, they, they love it. And we, we do the mindful element of it where I have a theme of the session and we do the guided relaxation at the end. And, you know, they gain so much from that. But yeah, it is breaking down the barriers that you know, it's it's good to talk about it. I know one of the um the the main thing that, that guys so from the the studies and statistics, um the main shame triggers for, for men is showing any signs of weakness. Mm. Um completely different for women. We've got a lot more. We're a yes. bit more complex in that sense. <laughs> They've got that one main one mm. um, is showing any sign of weakness. And mm. I think sometimes talking about stuff feels like that. Mm. But, do you know, when you actually when you see somebody stood up on a stage talking about um, their life story, their kind of trials and tribulations, 
do you see it as a as a weakness or do you see it as a strength you know we're very good at seeing the seeing it as a strength in other people but seeing it as a weakness in ourselves yes and the fact that someone is if someone is standing up on a stage talking about it i understand that people fear public speaking more than they fear diving uh, not diving dying yeah 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 it's um it's one of the yeah. one of the biggest fears yeah but I even within up. yeah even within but a within workshop, a group yes. yeah yeah even within a workshop you know if if there's somebody discusses what they've gone through or you know if they've got any questions mm. you know you wouldn't look at that person and think oh they're weak for asking that or feeling like that you would see it as a as a strength to actually put that forward yes Yes, but when definitely. it comes to saying it yourself, how nerve-wracking is it to ask that question, especially if you're thinking, oh, God, you know, what? what is everybody else going to think of that? Mm. Or am I going to sound silly asking that question? You know, it's all about just kind of putting yourself forward um, and, and learning from that. And the fact that you see, as you're saying, you see that someone else is prepared to ask the, the uncomfortable question. Yes, yeah. Um, you would see that looking looking at it from the outside. You would see that as a strength, but it's difficult coming from yourself, isn't it? Oh my goodness, it's so difficult. Mm. Um, and what I find about the the, the one to one sessions that I offer is I, I keep it at that whole um, kind of the whole encompassing the whole health and wellness elements, those four pillars, um, because they're so important. They're so important, you know, those one-to-one sessions, people can actually start to, we start to kind of peel away the layers in a sense that, you know, why are you carrying stress or, or tension through your upper body? You know, why are you constantly getting those those tension headaches? Um, and why are you getting pain through the neck and shoulders? Yeah, it's the, it's the prevention. It's the awareness of what you can change to not have to come back every week for a massage because you know, you've been so stressed that you're carrying all your tension through your neck and shoulders. Mm. It's about the bigger picture. So every service that I offer, whether it's movement, whether it's a health and wellness consultation, um, whether it's the massage, it's about those walking away with strategies and tools, um, an awareness of how we can live our best life or our better life. Mm. Definitely. And um, so if some if someone then wanted to book an appointment with you, would they do it through the through the Ginger Tree website or are you all con- are you contacted individually? Um, I'm con- we're contacted individually. Mm-hmm. So my uh, my business name is Nurtured Warrior and um, you can contact me via my uh, email address, which is Nurtured Warrior at gmail.com if you would prefer to speak to me over the phone you can give me a call on 07912-934-413 and I am also on Facebook um, where you can see my timetables of, of classes you can you can it, it's a layout of the services that I offer 
So you're doing work workshops. You're going to be doing workshops here at Ginger Tree yes. next year. But yes. you also already doing them elsewhere, are you? No, not at the moment. Not so, at the moment. So okay. we're going to kind of um, we're starting 2020 with a bang. We're going to be with running a new slate. Yeah, and just yeah. go for it. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna run the workshops. Um, primarily from here mm. it's a, the perfect space it's, it is just it's look. intimate it's um the surroundings are incredible you know the the environment and the atmosphere for in here is just perfect mm. for the workshops that i'll be running and the topics that i will cover so yeah keep a lookout f- yes. for those workshops i am also running one-to-one sessions now um so i i work at ginger tree on a tuesday and a third uh, not a thursday Tuesday and a Friday, mm. um, and I offer one-to-one sessions, whether that's restorative, um, deep tissue massage, um, functional movement, one-to-one mindful Pilates sessions, um, and the health and wellness com- consultations. Mm. Um, so all driving towards that kind of bigger picture of health. Yes, yes. No, interesting. Okay, well, thank you very much. That's um, you're a nurtured warrior. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much for talking to us. Thank you so much. And now, last but not least, I'm talking to the third member of the team. I'm talking to Katie Violetti, who is a holistic manual therapist and wellness practitioner. Quite a mouthful, Katie. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> what is it that you that you do? Well, it's quite difficult to describe what I do, but holistic health is is really it in a nutshell. Um, I approach health from lots of different viewpoints to make sure that we're not missing anything. So I work manually with the body. I use a technique called Boral Visceral Manipulation, and that addresses tensions in the body coming from the organs and the the innards and how they might be pulling on our skeletal system and causing um, restrictions and pains and 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 dis-ease and then I also work with bioresonance which looks at um, finding patterns of nutritional ill health uh, maybe deficiencies toxicities parasites food sensitivities to make sure the body's got the right building blocks to be healthy and that there's nothing causing inflammation and irritation. And then the final piece of the puzzle is I do a little bit of thought field therapy. So we work with the mind and make sure that um, we've got healthy thought processing in our subconscious to make sure that stress isn't impacting our health and creating physical issues. Okay, so (laughs) (laughs) what was quite a short question or quite, um, it is quite a complicated answer. Um, I wasn't aware that um, internal, do I get this right, that internal organs can pull upon the the skeleton and give problems that's right so all of the organs are are, are, have to be hung and suspended from something and they're hung via fascia from our skeletal system because i think we think of um of health with the the body and the muscles and the the skeleton as being more um a physical aspect something that you've done, something that, say, you've lent the wrong way or you've carried something correctly as an impact. But I don't think I've ever thought about it as being something internal. Yeah. So um, 
sometimes we have true muscular problems and true joint problems, um, especially if we've had an accident or an injury. Um, But sometimes the the real cause of musculoskeletal pain is a little deeper. So if we've tried massage therapy, we've tried manipulative holistic therapies and, and mainstream therapies and they haven't worked, often the problem is deeper inside the body. So our organs have to glide and slide over each other. If you reach for a can of beans from the top shelf of the kitchen, your liver's going to have to stretch and slide over your diaphragm, your lungs are going to move, your kidney's going to shoot up on one side where you're stretching, and the inside organs need that flexibility and malleability to allow you those movements. If there's an issue in one of them, the brain's very clever. It will tell muscles and joints to tighten up to not allow the movement that might stress the organ. So it's protecting itself. Sometimes our joints and muscles tighten up because we might be protecting a liver that's congested or not sliding over the next organ or a kidney that's slid down on a muscle and and isn't allowing hip flexion, for example. So how can you actually tell what it what it is that's causing the problem or do you treat the muscular I, I don't know anything about this so and I'm sure quite a lot of the, our listeners won't either no. so I'm curious to know then how you can tell that it's can you tell it's a particular organ or do you have to treat the actual I'm guessing you have to treat the muscular problem first in order to ascertain or to no, get to the so root I, of it. I don't treat uh, muscular and joint problems. I leave them to other therapists. Okay. So normally if somebody comes to me, they've tried those things and they've not worked. Um, in terms of diagnosing where I'm going to work in the body, I use my hands to listen to the tissues. Um, I listen to where your posture is pulling into, where your muscles might be contracting into to protect really and um, it's a very subtle thing that we're listening to with our hands but I've got over 15 years worth of experience in my hands and you can feel where the body's protecting a deeper structure and we use something called inhibition to test is it this tissue does this tissue help does this tissue help oh this tissue when I put my finger on that the hip suddenly frees up and we've got full movement again. Ah, it's that organ. We'll work on that organ. So it's using hands for listening and something called inhibition. What is inhibition then? So exactly that. So it, say um, your body's taking me to the lower abdomen. We've got underneath my hand maybe peritoneum, we've got small intestine, we've got colon, we've maybe got a ureter or a kidney. And we need to figure out which of those tissues is causing the issue. So I'll put my hand on each of the tissues until I feel the pulling and the tension that's of protection dissipates. It goes away, it melts away. Mm. And then we know, ah, it's it's the kidney. That's, that's, That's what it is. That frees the back up, that frees up the hip. Okay, we'll work on that. And is that an immediate result then for the individual when you're doing it? Typ- it is, typically. Typically, yes. So I'll mm. I'll have a look at the beginning of a session of how are your arms moving, how, how free is your neck, your back, your legs, and then we'll find where the body's protecting the greatest on that day and release it. 
And then as the body stops protecting that, it comes out of the body pattern that it's been mm. in and immediately we'll retest and see does the leg free up does the back free up does the arm free up we want to see that immediate change otherwise we haven't really affected what's really going on at that deeper level mm. so how did you get involved in all of this Casey when did you start well I did uh, the first complementary therapies degree in England so that's where I started then I did a master's in manipulative therapy. And I was working really quite musculoskeletally at that point. And then I had my appendix out. And in the year or so following, saw quite dramatic effects in my body. I'd always been very flexible. My hips and my knees and my lower back were tight. Um, I was carrying a lot of fluid. And generally my energy levels and things like that much less after the operation and um, I saw an advert for a visceral manipulation course I thought hmm the universe has sent me something interesting here went along and found the benefits fantastic and I found that uh, patients that came for their regular checkup that were always tight in the same joints and tight in, in this posturally in the same pattern each time and they'd get relief but maybe a month or two later, needed another little booster, um, they suddenly started changing patterns and we'd, we'd got to the root of something that was causing those joints and muscles to be tight and, and found great benefits and so mm. carried on working down that route for, I think I've done 10 years training in Burrell, um, one of only a handful of people that have passed the um, certification exam in the country. And I just love the work. Its its effects are really, really astounding. And it's just really interesting work. The body reveals such secrets um, and we get great, great, great benefits. Results, yes. Yeah. yeah, no, it, it sounds absolutely fascinating. Um, I, had, I had no idea about that. And um, I guess you're not just treating... I would imagine that a lot of... Therapies massage different things, which we're not knocking. They can be extremely beneficial, but it's treating the result of the problem rather than the problem and the cause. Yeah. Whereas it sounds to me like what you're doing is actually going in to see what is actually causing that. Yeah, we're we're aiming for the root of the problem. Mm. Those other therapies they work really well if it is just a muscle joint problem, but often if it's something that recurs, something that needs a top up. Um, regularly then often it's your body is tightening those muscles and joints to protect a more important structure um, mm. deeper in the tissues and you can loosen it up as much as you like but the body thinks right I'm going to do my job properly and it'll tighten back up to protect again and um, the tissues that I'm trained to manipulate at the deeper level are, are the organs blood vessels nerves themselves the discs um, so we're not working at the musculoskeletal le level we're going deeper and finding what is the body tightening its posture and changing its stance and walking pattern and things like that to protect and can we get rid of that root issue mm. so from the visceral point of view how would a client then know that it was you that they needed to see and not one of the the others working here well 
someone might come to me with musculoskeletal problems if they've already tried manipulation and massage and it and it doesn't really get rid of the problem long term but the sorts of problems that people see a visceral manipulation um, therapist with are far-reaching really in terms of the organs themselves if we look in the in the upper body it might be problems with breathing they might have asthma or copd um, if we go down a bit lower into the digestive area it may be ibs bloating constipation they may have had abdominal surgery and then things aren't working as well in the digestive system after that because of scarring so we work a lot with scar tissue from surgeries or infections and then if we look lower down your regenerative system is waterworks if the waterworks aren't working properly maybe they've got uh, recurrent urinary infections all the time um from a gynecological point of view we can look at making sure that everything's in health to prepare for a pregnancy and also after birth all the organs get shifted about so much and often we we do get uh, some surgery involved um after childbirth if you've ended up with back pains or kidney pains um or knee and hip issues sometimes that's because we need to look at putting the organs back into where they need to be and and being able to move freely so it's a wide range of problems that people could come for therapy with and also i think when you're at the the other end of the scale not just pregnancy but menopause and on through and the changes that happen to women's bodies absolutely i think very beneficial for that as well i'm sure absolutely um things tend to tighten up around that in uh, that age group when we're pregnant we our ligaments become lax and they become nice and loosey-goosey but the opposite tends to happen in menopause so things start to tighten up and we notice more niggles Mm. and um, often work's needed to just help keep that balance as best it can be Mm. through that time uh, and until we come out the other end (laughs) (laughs) but also I I think some of the the long-term problems that people can have after childbirth further on in life because of the muscles and absolutely absolutely something I think that's very much underestimated you think you've gone through it and uh, you've come out the other side and then discover possibly that it's not quite that simple absolutely and even um, some people have to have surgery like hysterectomies and things like that or prolapse repairs and that can leave some scar tissue that sometimes needs working with to make things comfortable again so there's lots of reasons why you might need to address the inside Mm. as well as the outside of the body yes right so as as part of the um the ginger tree um setup here i know that you're working with um colleagues who are running um, a multidisciplinary clinic so you all work um, and support each other actually at ginger tree i understand yeah absolutely um from the bioresonance work that i do we're, we're looking more at the nutritional level uh, the biochemical level and seeing what might be irritating the body what you might be sensitive to what nutrients you might be low in and those things reflect in the health of all your tissues, but we see it commonly on the outside in your skin. So I've tr- I've successfully treated people with eczema, 
um, acne, adult acne, that have been on long-term antibiotics, and, and we've got them off the antibiotics and, and sorted the skin issues out. And so these things, working with the skin from the nutritional side, really give the body the building blocks for things like Kathy's skin therapies to work even better, really. Yes, I guess you've got to have a certain level of health to be able to take in any nutrients, any skin nutrients that you're adding. So if you're um, supporting with that side of things, certainly um, I know from personal experience, family experience not me particularly but how how what you eat can thoroughly affect skin eczema that, that sort of thing and there's a lot of information in the media about superfoods and what's the right thing to eat and what's the wrong thing to eat but the truth of it is that one size doesn't fit all mm. so something that is very beneficial and healthy for one person can cause irritation and sensitivity in another. Mm. Um, and it's about individualizing the care and finding what your body, wh- which fuel your body runs best on mm. and which things are best to include in your diet. Now, as part of, um, of Ginger Tree here, how long have you actually been involved in this, in this clinic? Really just a couple of months, mm-hmm. um, but I've worked alongside with um, Kathy for a few years really now. Um, she, We've met each other on a wellness basis and um, she's found that she's ended up referring clients to me because she's worked with the skin and wanted to find out what's going to give that skin better nutrition for that person. So she's referred quite a few people um, to find out food sensitivities and what nutritional deficiencies and things like that. Um, And from a massage point of view, where she's found that the massage has helped but not fixed the problem, she's sent them along to me to find what's, what's a deeper Deeper rooted issue, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yes. So we've worked together like that for several years now. Yeah. So very much um, complementary to each other. Absolutely, because um, massage is going to help with some problems, and lots of us need that for stress reduction as well. Mm. Um, but sometimes there is something deeper, and Kathy has faith that I'll find it. So she sends <laughs> She knows from across. experience, yeah. yes. No, that's really good. So people would um, book an appointment with you here, actually, at Ginger Tree, would they? Is that how it, it works? Or are you all... I'm not sure how the system works. Is it all online or um, individual contacts? Um, There's individual contacts, but you'll find information about us all on um, on Ginger Tree's site. Okay. So that's there's that one port of call you'll you'll get all the contact details that you need there. Yes, because there's a, a few of you here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all working together. No, and it's a wonderful setup in a fantastic location. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's yes. gorgeous. Yes, very fortunate. <laughs> Thank you very much, Katie. That's been very instructional and things that I didn't know. Now I'm, I feel much uh, better equipped to know who to come to if I have a problem. Brilliant, no problem. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. That's all for today, but tune in next week when I'll be speaking to a local business coach, Dawn Clarkson, 